0: Yo, everybody! Welcome to Killer Serials. I'm Tony Jones
1: and Ryan Parker,
0: a couple dudes with PhDs in theology who talk about television on a weekly basis. Well, Ryan, we are between series right now. We've kind of taken August, uh, and I guess we're into <laughs> we're like in September,
1: buddy. Late September. It's been we've, a rough in a rough couple of weeks.
0: We've done we've done um, some full series recaps and we're going to start a new series next week that we will tell you about at the end of this episode. But I think we call that a teaser. Going to be, we, we're going to, we've never done this before. We are going to do uh, an award show episode of the Only pod, two yeah. weeks
1: later, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, it's all right because, I mean, do people even watch the Emmys anymore? But I think the, they pay attention to who wins the Emmys.
1: Once again, th- folks engaging... Uh, pop culture from a theological perspective are always late to the party.
0: <laughs> this is true. They I think that um I think that people I'd really wonder what the uh what the viewership was for the Emmys because I didn't I don't think anybody talks about it or watches it live. Sorry, I should say, but I think they do talk about it. the the day afterward, you know, you see a lot on social media about it and stuff like that. So, well,
1: actually, if you if you just Google Emmy 2016, it's hit a ratings low. Yeah, I believe new it. low. You know, just this the, these days, these award shows that, like you know, the Golden Globes, which are basically bought. Um, yeah, right. You know, then you get the Osc- Oscars and the Emmys, which are. You know, I think still have a little cachet to them from a a little, but they're so and, Oh, and it it's was, just a bunch of rich people get, Who who said it once? It's just a bunch of rich people giving each other gold statues. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, and right now know, in America,
1: that's the last thing people want to look at.
0: And you know, and you know for a fact that, um, I mean, all these shows they they're there are huge, multi million dollar campaigns behind each of these shows trying to get awards. Yeah, I know that firsthand. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there were what was fun, I think, for me is that some of the shows that we've focused in on won some awards. um, They're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Remy Malik won for Outstanding Lead Actor, and he really is extraordinary. Uh, Courtney B. Vance won for Outstanding Lead Actor. Sarah Paulson won um, for Outstanding Lead Actress. You know, so some of the stuff that we have talked about, you see, just in some of those names, you've, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard some of those names. Sure. What What did you think before we get to the actors, though? When you look at the shows that won, um, you know, what stood out to you in in those shows? Well, it
1: it's just a testament to Ryan Murphy. And his the kind of breadth of vision that he has, Um, but just the people versus O.J. Simpson, basically, you know, loading up a Brinks truck for these awards, you know, yeah. Um, Not surprised by that. I mean, you and I thought it was a very good show. Um, There might be people who have shows they like better. Um, I, I might be one of those people, but I, I thought it was a great show, and it yeah. there was no shortage of things to talk about as we showed each episode. Um, so, I, you know, it's, it's one of those I didn't walk away from the Emmys going, well, you know, such and such got robbed or whatever. Uh, the fact that it just got so much attention, I mean, it was a huge show. A lot of people were watching it. Um, I think this way more than other award shows in the past and shows that have won awards in the past this feels like to me this is speaking to the time in which we live yeah right um that the critics were getting this one right that the academy was getting this one right because as you and i said all along this wasn't just about the oj case i mean this is about the history of america it's about america now and so it was good to see that show get honored in the way that it did and i think that's a show that'll have some legs i think I've talked to a lot of people who would want to use that in the classroom, um, moving forward in, in classes about race or you know justice or whatever. I always thought I would love to have taught a class on the Wire in seminary, and to follow through yeah. the entire series with an incoming class and teach that every th- you know every semester for three years because it has such different perspectives, and I I, I could see how a show like the People vs. O.J. would fit into uh, theological education. Um, and it would be interesting to see if anybody does that, if it has any presence, you know, in the next year or two at a place like AAR, uh, the American Academy of Religion yeah, or something like that. So uh, that was a good I mean, that's obviously was the big winner of the night. So that's kind of the first place to go.
0: I, I really agree. I, I, I think, you know, one of the things about that show that's so hard to do, and I know because I'm doing some writing now where I'm writing about a historical time period, but yeah, I've been challenged by at least one reviewer to try to make the story also implicate the current day. There you go. And that's, <laughs> I'm, it's like it's such a challenge, but... Now The People versus O.J. Simpson was only separated by, you know, 25 years from from present day and uh, but but it really did at a time it just was the perfect show for the perfect time because uh, it drew a lot of people in viewers who like quite honestly wouldn't have watched like a frontline episode about Ferguson. Yeah. But it you know because they're like oh it's it's nostalgia for a dip for the night for 1980s america but then you get in there and you realize damn this this really is a story about now yeah as well Uh,
1: another thing that i thought um another category that seemed particularly strong to me this year and it's always so hard to do but thankfully with streaming and cable and all that i mean uh like premium cable and stuff comedy was a really strong series this year Mm -hmm. um with shows like blackish master of none modern family well modern family i know a lot of people think that it's time for it to go but yeah. Silicon Valley, Transparent, Kimmy Schmidt, Veep, you know, and this is a confession here. We're entering the confessional booth. I've never seen a single episode of Veep. And there are people that ride me about that. Um, but I respect the people who uh, that I know that love it. And it'll be one of those shows that I get along, get around to and binge every season. You know but that's a- I'll
0: tell you what. I am not caught up on veep but my daughter it loves it and she's watched every episode and yeah. my or no my son it's my my son has watched every episode and I've watched a few with him he binged it over the summer yeah and it really is funny I'll tell you what's interesting and, and you know there when Jeffrey Tambor won outstanding lead actor for his incredible job in transparent I mean really uh, just like uh you know the the kind of work that makes a career. There's there was some um, talk afterward about how similar his character in um, Transparent is to his was to his character in Arrested Development, and they're so different because Arrested oh, Development is sure. kind of a goofball character, and in Transparent he's much more earnest. But I'll tell you what the the tie is: there's a pathos. In both of those shows. And you don't necessarily see it in um, uh, Arrested Development at first blush, but when you scratch beneath the surface, there's a real pathos in the family of Arrested Development, and there's a real pathos in the family of Transparent. Well, and it really comes out in
1: Arrested Development, it really comes out in Jeffrey Tambor's performance and uh, Jason Bateman.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. Well, I just. On Veep, there's another tie-in because we also have actors in Veep that were in Arrested Development. And I'll tell you what's interesting is Veep, at first blush, is just like a political comedy. But there's also a pathos in Veep okay. that is really um, catches you off guard. And I think it's what takes that. Honestly, to the next level of a show. Like, what was that? What's that? Oh, I blanking on the name of it. Um, the Gary Trudeau political comedy on Amazon. Uh, with oh, John uh, Goodman and yeah, it's it's. I know what you're talking about. There's yeah. no pathos in that show. That is just almost pure slapstick. Yeah. Um, and Veep, there's some slapstick humor. Like, there's actually some physical comedy. Which uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is obviously good at. From we know that from Seinfeld and whatever. But there's also a pathos, a
1: emotion, yeah,
0: underlying that I, I think is intriguing. And so I'm glad it won. As much as I'm a huge fan of Transparent and also of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. A uh, quick
1: question: um, Have you started watching the new Transparent?
0: No, I, ha- I'm, okay. I haven't. Yeah, be- okay. Because uh, I'm, I'm still trying to catch up. On, <laughs> like I, I got to crank through um, Orange is the New Black before yeah. I get to Transparent. Oh, oh, boy.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we. Um, uh, what I also wanted to say, and we can move on, but about the comedy series is, again, it's not just enough to be one thing. It's not just enough to be funny. But, you know, like you were saying about the project you're trying to work on, you've got to have you've got to be speaking in, in many different directions and all of these shows do in their own way. Again, maybe modern family has lost a little bit of that edge, but transparent Silicon Valley, master of none, blackish veep. These are all like you say, really, really funny, but yet there's this emotion to them. There's this commentary to them that adds that kind of depth. That's, you know, makes them an a, an awards worthy show. And, especially with shows like Master of None and Silicon Valley that are that are kind of generational shows that might be for, uh, getting at something about the experience of younger generations yeah, um, are, are just fantastic. So I like that. And then kind of keeping in the comedy theme, one of the other things that I called months ago that I was really excited to see for Outstanding Writing for a Variety Series was Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, um, which... Uh, he, you know, he's under a shadow quite a, a, a little bit, I think, um, you know, of John Stewart. I think he's kind of coming to his own, but he always has that kind of uh, maybe his past, creative past is lingering over him or his experiences or whatever. And that may not make any sense. But his his episode on Donald Trump earlier this year, you know, when it ended, I, I looked at Amy, my wife, and I said, that's the Emmy. And it was really great to see them. to uh, to kind of take that home.
0: Yeah, I think the writing on John Oliver's show is outstanding. I agree that all of the alumni of um, John Stewart um, are really, it's hard. It's really hard. We've seen a couple of them fail already. There was just an article today in the New York Times about how Stephen Colbert is basically trying to reboot um, his show on CBS on the fly. That's right. And, try to lean more into because he's coming in third many nights except when he goes live after a political event and he's brought back his Stephen Colbert character from Comedy Central so it's interesting he's he's struggled most publicly um but um Larry Wilmore got you know canceled and uh, I'm a huge fan of the Samantha Bee show, and I think it was so smart that that show is only half an hour once a week. Yeah. Um, because and same with John cram Oliver. Cram it full of, of it, when it, when great it's content. Half a John Oliver's show. I don't love every episode, but every time they do the, their long piece, their you know 15 minute piece, it's so smart. And they took down church. They took down yeah. the. Prosperity gospel early in the show. My, they're taking down that, all those,
1: all those, uh, est- all the estates are going down. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, yep. So I, I thought that was good too. Let's, let's move on because I think um, you were texting me as it was happening, but I know you're a huge Sarah Paulson fan, and and she probably delivered the most theological statement. As she accepted her award. It's a she public
1: it's a public confession. And and I think she was she was apologizing on behalf of a country who had derided a woman that they didn't know. Uh and and on behalf of a country that didn't know anything about what was going on, right? This is before social media and kind of the a little bit more, I'm I'm stressing a little bit more, the transparency we have today. And uh, you know, she as Marsha Clark in um, the People versus OJ, she absolutely nails it, and I'll say more about her win in a second. But you know, she brought as her plus one Marsha Clark, and apologizes to this woman on national television in front of every in front of everyone, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought that was a very moving, shocking in a in a good way. Like this is what this is like. You said this is doing theology, you know.
0: Um, yeah, she asked for forgiveness in front yeah. of millions of people, and and kudos to the you know director of the Emmy for for having a camera on Marsha Clark. They and, must have and letting it and 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 adding to that back and forth visually. Yes, I agree. Um, it, it was really a stunning moment, and I thought, um, to, I mean to And do equally, that, and, hey, and equally
1: theological, in my opinion, is. Uh, I hope I'm getting the, the participants correct, but the public shaming of Mark Burnett for giving us Donald Trump.
0: Yeah, yeah, how about that? Yeah. That's incredible.
1: Listen, it, you know, we don't often get too political on the show, but we're, we're talking about theology and doing theology, and there's a lot about our pop culture and our media that has, and I'm not saying anything new here, but, you know, it's the first time we're talking about this on the show, on the podcast, is there the way in which the media is covering Donald Trump is kind of legitimizing his worldview when a worldview like that demands nothing more than a prophetic denouncement yeah um from all sides and especially from from people of faith because it's contrary to everything uh that we know in scripture that we know in christian tradition and uh and, and spiritual practice and all, and, and all of that. So there were there were a couple of moments there that you know and I know a lot of people laughed off the uh the Trump joke, but that's a very serious I think that's a very serious statement. Yeah. Um and back to Sarah Paulson, I think her win is great because she she's exhibited over the last couple of years a uh, really a a profound range um as an actress. And you know, you see her in American Horror Story, and the different roles she has, and then, and some and something serious and and dramatic like People versus OJ. Um, but she, she's a very very talented actress, and so that win for her for this show too. But it's also it's honoring I think just her her skills that stretch just beyond the, the people of OJ, People versus OJ. Yeah.
0: I, I, I want to wrap up our our primetime Emmy coverage by just saying this. It, it's not particularly theological. It's just the, the, I think that the Courtney B. Vance. Come on. Uh, job that the job he did as Johnny Cochran was, was unlike Here's, here's what I want. How much fun like, was that to watch? I wondered this. I wondered if it's the way Robert De Niro used to act. Like when you saw Robert De Niro in his early films, if you you know, you see him in Raging Bull and you think this is an actor who has completely and 100% uh imbibed or become his character. Yeah. And now I think Robert De Niro is a buffoon who takes on this the absolute. Oh he's goodness. Em, he's embarrassing himself. It's shocking to me. He keeps doing those stupid movies. I think Courtney B. Vance is like that, like a De Niro at the beginning of his career. And he became Johnny Cochran. Yeah, and I, so I, I heard him on, I heard him with Terry gross talking about that character and a about his preparation and about how seriously he took it. And I just think this guy is one of like the greatest actors of his generation.
1: Well, it it was great to watch and it was, it was so fun to see him get that award and, and his uh, just fun speech, Sterling K Brown as Christopher Darden. Yeah. And that award, what a, what a fantastic speech he gave and just the emotion there and, and the future that he has. Uh, that's right and and you really it's exciting to see this because you have actors like this who you know the 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 way this catapults them into projects that they might not have gotten otherwise um and that's not saying anything new about awards uh but it's just gonna be really exciting to see how they parlay this into yeah. their next projects.
0: Well, it was it was fun to watch. It was fun to be in, invested in some of the shows and, and rooting for them. And speaking of shows, now let's pivot and talk about um, we'll the next killer serial that we're going to be taking on.
1: I feel like we should have some sort of triumphant, like uh, breaking news, music can, or sound you effect can or cut something.
0: Cut that in. You can cut we're in. Too too lazy. Out. That's okay. Yeah. Um, Drum roll, please. <laughs> releasing. Later this week. if We're going to post this on Thursday.
1: We're going to post this tomorrow. So releasing Friday on Netflix. Releasing
0: tomorrow. All 13 episodes of Luke Cage. Boom. Which is a Marvel comic turned TV show on Netflix. It's gotten huge pre-publicity. People are super, super excited about it. I don't think either you or I uh, are particularly, you know, experts on this Marvel storyline. So we're going to be going into this raw a little bit yeah. naive, kind of watching to see how they pull it off. But I think um, it's a great way to, I think it's a great way. And there are going to be yeah, a lot so of people. I really want to encourage all of our listeners to watch the first couple episodes of Luke Cage over the weekend. Yeah. And check out our podcast early next week. Um,
1: we're going to go two episodes at a time
0: where we yeah where we talk about it and um you know what i'll be looking for i guess is there's always a moral dilemma at the heart of each one of these marvel superheroes okay and um you know how they navigate that moral dilemma i think is the is is the thing that i look for theologically but it's also going to be real interesting cuz it's set in harlem and it, i think harlem is kind of a character in the show I'm guessing and New York is in general but particularly Harlem so it's- well
1: and also I you know a quick plug a lot of some of our viewers might have um will be familiar with Luke Cage from Jessica Jones the Netflix yeah. series which I felt like was one of those fringe maybe distant fringe kind of awards buzzworthy shows certainly the performance by Kristen Ritter, she was fantastic. But he plays a significant role in that series. Uh, that's one that I would would name a killer serial. If people are looking for other shows to binge and haven't yeah. seen that one, it's very good. And so you get a little bit of you get a little bit of his character in that. But him taking over a show, uh, Mike Coulter uh, will be the lead in that, and it, it's going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to Friday
0: yeah so watch the first couple episodes moment of truth and code of the streets and uh yeah we'll we'll drop a podcast episode about it uh early to mid next week
1: yeah let's do it
0: take my advice brother you should be out there helping people like them other fellas downtown reba used to say the same thing yeah well she was right and now you Harlem zero (laughs) I'm just getting started